3: Whispering Street.
1: And here is Betty Davis.
4: Hello. There's no business like show business. That's what the whispering streets tell us. There's always a moment of hope following a long period of letdown. There's always a tiny rainbow after the hurricane has spent itself. As Andre Clive walked down Theatre Street, otherwise known as Broadway, she felt that every neon light was twinkling for her. And her thoughts were so lyrics that they could have been set to music. This is your
2: good night, Andre. This is it. Tonight you'll step under the first rung of the ladder. The ladder that leads up and up to Star Billing. Tonight you'll sign a contract to play the younger sister in All for One. How many other actresses were after that part, Miss Andre, Todd? Well, Mr. Tweedton has a contract there. All you have to do is sign your name on the dotted line. After tonight, nice. you'll be a featured player, Andre. And then you go up and
3: up
4: and up. Andre turned a corner. She walked a couple of steps east of Broadway. She crossed the hotel lobby. She told the elevator operator to take her to the penthouse. She whizzed up and up and up. She knocked on a door, and Mickey Truesdale, producer, opened the door. Somehow Andre hadn't expected him to open the door. She'd expected a butler or a secretary or an assistant or. But she didn't quite know what she'd expected. Mickey was very splendid, very theatrical, in a handsome dark blue dressing gown with a bright Liberty silk scarf knotted at his throat.
5: Well, if it isn't Andre Clyde. In prison? Come in, Andre. Well, you're on the dot, my
2: dear. You said I'm on the dot, Mr. Trujillo. You think I'd be a split second late tonight of all night?
5: (laughs) I like the way you said tonight of all night. (laughs) You're looking radiant, my dear. Oh,
2: that's how I'm feeling. My brain's full of lighted Roman candles. There are a skyrocket in my heart. I can't believe it is all happening, Mr. Trujillo. This is a lovely apartment. And what a view.
5: The view has improved, uh, since you came into the room. Improved materially. Uh, I think. Sit down, my dear. I'll mix us a couple of drinks.
2: I'll sit down, but... Well, I don't know.
5: Do. Well, now, who's kidding who? I met you at a cocktail party, and you had a tall glass in your hand when I met you.
2: It was a tall glass full of ginger ale. If I hadn't gone to the party, I'd never have met you. You'd never have told me about the second lead in all for whining. I wouldn't be here tonight. <laughs> How I do, right on
5: <laughs> I adore your enthusiasm. There's so little of it left these days. You were different from the others at the cocktail party, even though the tall glass misled me. You were Fresh? Right. <laughs> well, I, No, 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 no. I don't mean that way. I mean, I saw a new face, a sweet face. Sweetness is a strange commodity to find at a Broadway cocktail party. Have you done anything, my dear, worth mentioning?
2: Well, I was in uh, summer stock in the Berkshire last year after mm-hmm. I came to New York in the stock company closed. I've had a couple of walk-on parts last during winter and a couple of shows that didn't last. This spring, I did some modeling to make
5: both of mm-hmm. The usual story. Go on.
2: Well, um, I was cast for a really nice part in that sermon review, that Mr. Sherman had in me. Uh-huh. I'm a lucky girl, Mr. Cruzville. I realize that... Uh, I've been in New York for ten months and you promised me the second lead in a play that's a pure fire hit.
5: Well, if you can read the lines, it's yours. Oh, I
2: can read them. Up. I'll read them beautifully. Give me the script right
5: now, Mr. Cousel, and, and... No, 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 no. Suppose you give me a kiss, right? I... This is
2: just drinking
5: I don't go into it, Mr. Tooth. What a strange child you are. I'm
2: not a child. I'm a baby. I, I know my
5: real life. Well, all the better. I dislike amateurs, theatrical or otherwise. I'll swap you the script for a kiss, Andre. And uh, after you've read the script. Uh... I you are sweet. And. Don't care, Andre. I don't have
4: it. Let go of me, please.
5: Oh, no, my dear. You came here of your own accord, and you just admitted that you aren't jailed. And I don't give away leave for nothing.
1: In just a moment, Betty Davis will be back again. But first future and talk your country through when you give up enjoy the table same plan so Paul brings remember it's a power way to say it's not in America by you west saving fund you work hard for your money and you help make money for somebody else but what about yourself?
5: Join the payroll savings plan for the automatic purchase of United States savings bonds and pay yourself first. Bonds now offer an interest bonus to make your hard-earned dollars work even harder for you. Sign up for the payroll savings
1: plan today. Don't always remember, it's the way to save. Take stock in America, by U.S. savings bonds. And now, back to our story with Betty Davis.
4: Andre, held in a vice-like grip, moved her head this way and that. But she couldn't avoid the sinisterly smiling mouth that was coming closer and closer. With an almost superhuman effort, she wrenched herself free and grabbed the paperweight Rested on the tape. Let me out
5: of here. There's any time, I'll let you go. Now, put a down, you idiot. If you think you can get away from me, you're crazy. I, I warned
3: you. I warned you.
2: I did. I warned
4: you.
2: I hope I haven't killed you. you. <laughs>
4: The white faced girl, the heavy silver paperweight in her hand, dropped to her knees beside the spot where Mickey Truesdale had fallen. She felt desperately for a pulse. She couldn't detect even the faintest effect. And then, driven by fear, she was tiptoeing out of the apartment and down the corridor for the elevator. When she reached the lobby, she stepped into a phone booth and closed the door. And lifted the receiver from its hook and died. Operator, will you tell the police
2: that there's a dead man in the penthouse suite of this hotel? I've got to get away, but where will I go? What will I do? Um.
4: Andre was submerged in tennis as she raced to the hotel lobby and onto the street. She couldn't go back to her lodging house and face it too easily, and she hadn't much money with her, $25 at most. She started down Broadway walking fast. She turned west at 41st Street. She reached 8th Avenue and entered a bus terminal and bought a ticket, or miss, and slid into a seat beside a plump, a rock-sided women. As she rattled out of the terminal, the woman mm-hmm.
3: We almost missed the bus. I always allow myself plenty of time. I usually allow myself plenty of time. With a phone call delayed me. How far are you going? Quite a way. What place? It's Jacksonville. In, in Pennsylvania. Oh, it's a clear coincidence. I'm going there myself. Oh? Oh, that place is fierce. I call it Zip Town on the Dream. Do you? That's beggars, and be choosers, and jobs for everybody in the mill. You looking for a job, too? Hi. Yes, I am. And once every month I come to New York for a breather... Working in the factory, everybody's identical. Can't tell one from each other. <laughs> oh, I get the feeling that my features have all run together. That I'm sort of, well, like one biscuit in a pan full of biscuits. Everybody's identical. Your features
2: run together. One biscuit in a pan full of biscuits.
3: I made it slade with your name, Anne. Anne Carson. <laughs> remember, same as mine. One piece of candy? Oh, no thank you. I hardly have your drink. You could. You don't have to worry about your figure. Your kind of figure goes with models and actresses. And and yours is too. Just an average figure, just
2: like everybody else.
4: Andre to a rooming house. She paid for a week in advance. The next morning, she applied at the mill and, despite her lack of experience, was outfitted with coveralls and a bandana to tie around her head and was told to report to the foreman of Department 5J. She walked down a corridor. She presented her time slip to a tall, lean young man with a sunburned face and eyes that were deeply blue.
5: Oh, gosh, another amateur. Don't. Don't say amateur. What else are you? Refugees from the social register? No. You ever worked before? Yes. In a factory, I mean? No. Well, I'll try to go easy on you, sister. You look scared to death, but there's nothing to be scared about. We're not that bad. Uh, your name's Ann. Ann Carson? Yes. I'm Cliff Hammond. If you get any jams, you just call on me.
2: Thanks, Mr. Hammond. I will. Let's
5: we'll skip to Mr. Hammond. His first name's here. Your Anne. I'm clear.
4: Your Aunt, Anne. Anne Carson. One of many biscuits in the town. Andre, blessed the fact that had made her choose a seat next to Ian's grave. She kept to herself, eating alone, staying away from movies or public places, never buying a newspaper. She was afraid of what she might read. One night as she left the factory, Cliff fell into steps.
5: Mind if I walk along with you for a while? Why, what?
4: what? I mean, we're going a
2: little
5: way, Cliff. too bad. I wish it was a long way. See. What do you do with yourself at night? You and sleep. It's not much of a life for a girl like you, Anne. Huh? It's the only life I want. Meaning there's no room in a guy like me? I...
2: I'm
5: afraid so. What's biting you anyway, Anne? You're lonely, and I... I can tell from the way you're losing weight that you don't eat enough. I and eat You've got,
3: well
5: you got circles under your eyes down to here. You're all thumbs at that bank. If I didn't cover up for you, you'd try I'd to... I'd leave my job. I know it. i
2: I suppose I owe you something because you've held my job for me. Yes?
5: Oh, dear poor kid. the loss has really hurt you, I guess. Just... Oh, dear son. <coughs> I didn't mean to make you cry. Look, you been so pathetic. That's what look, look, there's a little part just a block from here. I thought you'd never even seen it. It's kind of black with six in the middle, but... It has grass and and trees and benches. You can just sit on a bench and and you have your cry out and maybe tell me the trouble's when you're finished.
2: You wouldn't be interested in my company. And even if you were, I'd keep to myself.
1: a moment Betty Davis will be back in the early days of our country before the Revolutionary War England established what were called Royal courts in each of the American colonies these courts set the laws for the colonists and made sure they were observed but in 1640 the colonies defied the Royal courts by holding what was probably the first election in America on April 11th of that year at an election held in Wethersfield Connecticut Matthew Mitchell was named recorder. The King's court at Hartford refused to recognize the election and levied fines on both the town of Weatherfield and Matthew Mitchell, the recorder. Both refused to pay the fines. The American people, by recognizing the importance of free elections, had added another page to your political history. to our story with Betty Davis.
4: But Andre did allow herself to be led to the tiny park, And when she and Cliff were seated together on a bench, she did have her cry out against his shoulder. When she finished, her eyes were red and swollen and she was glad of Cliff's arm around her, holding her close.
5: Feeling better?
2: Not much, but... But I can get by.
5: Oh, I yeah. am. And I went for you the first day you walked up to me and gave me a time slip. I went for you like a ton of bricks. I'm uh, um, nobody to go for. You're the girl I've wanted all my life, and I've just about given up hope of finding you. I know it sounds corny, but, but every time I've been in a big crowd, I've looked for you. Every time a new girl showed up at the factory, I thought, maybe she's the one.
2: This is the first time we've talked about of the factory
5: you don't know anything about me. We'll talk lots of times outside the factory, baby. and I will know plenty about you before we're through. Believe me. I love you, man. I'm asking you to marry me.
2: I can't marry you.
5: Is there another guy? No. Well, in that case, I'll just keep working at it. And now we're going out to dinner. I'm going to get you a steak and some french fries under your belt. You'll feel a lot better after that. Hmm.
4: So Andre started going steady with the tank. She ate her lunches with him at the factory yard or when they wanted to splurge in the company cafeteria. And after a while when he kissed her, he momentarily forgot his sensuous mouth Coming closer and closer to her. One evening when she and Cliff sat in the park, which they now called Our Park.
5: Maybe when are you going to break down after you're married? Never, Cliff. Well, you must have a reason. I have a very good reason. Mm-hmm. Cliff,
2: what would you do if I told you that I didn't. Been... Wait, wait, I wouldn't believe you. What would you do if I told you that I'd hurt somebody desperately? But I'd kill
5: somebody. I still wouldn't believe you. Oh, listen, here I Even with blisters on the palms but in your hands and as clean and as white as a saint, Anne. when I look into your, into your eyes, look well, I feel sorrow in them. but it's not the kind of sorrow that's caused by wrongdoing. I worship your hands where everything is fine and yes. good. Please don't say anymore. Please.
2: will you do me a favor? What's that? Oh, you're my boss. Will you fix it so I can take tomorrow off? I have to go somewhere.
4: Andre got off the bus in the terminal from which she started. She walked slowly uptown. There was a police station on West 54th Street. She'd lost her purse once and had reported it to the desk sergeant. It wasn't evening now. Broadway was unglamorous. It was dingy, definitely honky-tonk, without its necklace of light. She saw a theater on a side street. Men were putting up a sign. She paused to read the sign. One for all. Starring Madeline Ames.
2: Supporting cast. I wonder who's playing the second lead. Well, I'll be the star of a little drum of my own opinion. And Michael, too, production. I suppose they kept his name on the sign as a bold to his memory. After all, he'd done the preliminary work. He deserved it. <laughs>
4: Andre came to 54th Street. She walked quickly until she reached the precinct station. But she was moving slowly as she made her way to the sergeant's desk. He looked up. Well, what can
5: I do for you, miss?
4: Oh, it's about Mickey things.
5: Oh, now, now, wait a minute, miss. You know Bobby Soxhill and you ought to know the facts of life. Yes, I do. And all I can say is if you go to his place, you're asking for trouble. But I... Now, you're the third one we've had this week making complaints. He's casting for a big show, and it's always that way when he casts. He's casting for a big show. Do you? Sure, sure. And one of these times a husband or a brother or a sweetheart's going to catch up with him for keeps. He almost got here two months ago when he was bashed on the head with his own pet away. But only the good die young, and the bomb recovered. He, he recovered? Yes, yes. It was his turn to make a complaint, but he didn't do it. I guess you thought he'd get the horse laugh if he told who it was that laid him out. Here, you want a glass of water, Miss? You're a little green around the gills.
2: No, I don't need a glass of water. All I need is a telephone. I want to call a man who lives in a town called Jasperville.
4: rolls off the conscience, all of life takes on a different color, and the whole world looks wonderful, even theater street as a daytime city. You remember Edith Sage, the plump, peroxide woman who sat next to Andre on the bus? Well, Edith came to the big town once a month because she felt the need for a change of environment. When a person who does a routine job loses contact with reality, and when that happens, she needs a vacation. What did Edith Ray do when she took time out? Until then, this is Betty Davis saying goodbye from the whispering...
1: Graham was written by Margaret E. Sankster. Featured in the cast were Janet Waldo, John Wilder, Clark Gordon, and Irene Pedro. Whispering Street was directed by Gordon T. Hughes and produced by Ted Lloyd. Your announcer is George Wolf.